0: you This is the shot where photographers share the stories about their photos. I'm Michael John Oliver. A great photo has a lot in common with the world of sport. Both capture moments you just want to relive over and over and over. And the best sports photography will capture more than just a moment. It will create a sense of history. In 2018, when the Irish national rugby team beat the world champion All Blacks at home for the first time, it was more than just a win, it was that taste of sporting history. After more than 100 years of trying, Ireland had toppled rugby's great titan, and best yet, in front of their home crowd. Tommy Dixon is a sports photographer based in Dublin. He was assigned to cover the match and found himself perched above the scoreboard at the far end of Dublin's Aviva Stadium. With the scores tied, Ireland's Jacob Stockdale kicked the ball ahead and collected it for the match's one and only try, the moment where sporting history was made. From his spot high above the ground, Tommy Dixon's finger sat on his camera's shutter and he managed to do what most sports photographers strive for, capture that moment in history.
1: I had a year in between school and in between working for info to actually try the freelance life, but it really, it's, it's nothing to what I'm in at the minute. And after the week's work experience, I actually got the job. So it, it's been very straightforward since then. Sounds like it was meant to be. Like yeah, just, after, uh... yeah. No, after, like after a week, they could probably tell, like, I think I, got, I didn't get the job on my photographic capabilities. I definitely got the job on my willingness to work and, my work ethic and my attitude towards photography, definitely.
0: So what does a normal
1: week as a sports photographer look like? My week, okay, so first of all, I I get no weekends off. Mondays and Tuesdays are my weekends. So that's when I get my time to wind down and relax because, as you know, everything, everything big or everything in the sporting world happens on the weekend. I get my schedule on Wednesday, and from Wednesday to Friday, it could normally be a training session for a rugby team. It could be a PR job. With an athlete, it could be anything. And then the weekends are normally when the games start. Or even Friday night, that's when
0: football happens as well. But yeah, the weekends are go time. So the idea of even having a Saturday or Sunday off must be just completely alien to you. Until,
1: Until this, until COVID. I've had many weekends off, which is very unusual. It's not like me at all. I'd do anything to go back to work on the weekends again. You miss it.
0: So tell me about the kind of, the kind of kit you would bring along to a typical match on us on a Saturday.
1: In my camera bag, I I'm a, I, I shoot Canon myself personally. I've always shot Canon. On your usual, say I'm photographing the Ireland football team, I'll have four bodies. At the minute, I have one one uh, D X Mark three, and then I have three one D X Mark twos. One of them will be used behind the net for like a remote shot. Uh, sorry, for a camera. So. With them, it's just, it's pure luck. If the ball goes in the net, first of all, which it doesn't really happen with Ireland, um, you're you're, with your fingers crossed. Hopefully the ball goes in the picture. It's it's pure chance. And then on me, I'll have my 400 mil F2.8. That's for my action stuff. And then if I need to drop down in the goals and celebrations, I'll use my 7200 F2.8 as well. And then if Ireland score... And which is, they don't really, um, they run over to the corner normally and then have my wide angle on me then just in case there's some fella sliding in or there's a... It's just always nice to have the wide angle on you in case something does happen and there's loads of players. You get something very different then.
0: How many photos would you take during the course of a normal game?
1: That's so... It changes all the time. But but the cameras these days, taking so many pictures per second, like my cameras now, they take 16 photographs a second. So... It doesn't take much shooting to let the cameras build up or the photographs build up. You'd easily photograph maybe two thousand, three thousand, four thousand a game, all depending whether the actions down your side of the pitch or it isn't. But uh, as we said, like um, on that the photograph we're about to talk about the the Jacob Stockdale one, that was the most I that was the most I ever shot at a game
0: because of the position I was in. So let's let's set the scene for this, and for those who don't understand. The world of rugby. What we're about to describe is, in in a very real sense, history. I think we'll lay this out on the line. I am a, a massive All Blacks fan. I'm a massive fan of the New Zealand national rugby team. It's it's part of me, part of who I am. And uh, this particular photo, even though it depicts something which you know, in effect, was history that well, you know, history on the side of Ireland as opposed to being on the side of New Zealand. It's it's one of these sports photos that just sticks in my mind all the time. So it's the 17th of November, 2018. It's Ireland versus New Zealand at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. And arguably, I'd say at the time, if not one and two, or or certainly, you know, the teams are in the top three in the world. Ireland under Joe Schmidt at sort of at the peak of their powers, Uh, a full house at the Aviva for something close to 60,000, 70,000 people, and all the ingredients for a huge sporting occasion. There you are, you've arrived at the Aviva Stadium. Tell me, how do you prep for this? What does the the preparation for photographing an event like this look like for you and your team? It is a massive
1: game, as you said. So when there's games of this magnitude, there's more than one photographer. There was six photographers at the game at that time. We had one in every corner, and then we had myself up in the gantry. And then we also had another fella, uh, Brian Keane, was in the stands, kind of rotating around the stadium, like shooting it from the spectator's point of view. And uh, so you
0: are you are on you are on top of
1: the stand. Yeah. So is that the? I'm not sure if you've ever been to the Aviva, but um, there's a low end and a high end. And mm-hmm. in the high end, there's a scoreboard, and then above the scoreboard, there's like a stainless steel mesh uh, walkway that kind of rotate and that kind of warps around the the top of the stadium i was up on top of that there so i had access to
0: three quarters of the pitch but at a very high angle so do you decide prior to the game who's going to go where do you did you draw the short straw or is it because you had the the particular kit needed for that kind of shot well
1: sometimes i think it is if, if you go up there you've pulled the short straw because normally you don't really get anything nice up there it's it's all chance like to be in the right place at the right time it's very very it doesn't happen very often. I've been up there before. I was up there for um, an Ireland Italy game in the Six Nations and it came back with nothing really. I don't know what it is about being pitch side at a game they got there. It just gives you goosebumps. It's the best seat in the house really when you're sitting on the grass. Like you can't get any better than that. So really you you want to be down there at all times. But the way things panned out, I was happy to be where I was.
0: There are some photographers who have compared sports photography with believe it or not, street photography. And their argument is that street photography forces the photographer to look for that essential moment, that expression of human joy or misery or everything in between. And that sports photography kind of adopts that same philosophy. You are capturing a moment of ecstasy or agony, a try, a celebration, a a moment in human history. Even though it's only sport, it's still a moment in human history. What do you think about that? I can kind of see the similarities as well, because you don't know what you're getting in for in street photography,
1: and you don't really know what you're getting in for in sports photography either. It's You never know what way a game's going to pan out. Like uh, Nobody expected Ireland to beat the All Blacks. Nobody expected... like it, it, It's the same as landscape photography as well. If Mother Nature isn't in your side, you're not going to get that nice sunset, or you're not going to get that nice sunrise. It does involve a bit of luck. It's just up to you to capture that. If if something lucky does happen in front of you, it's just it's up to you then to be able to be skillful
0: enough and to be ready to photograph that. It's instantaneous almost. Like, yeah. you know, if you see something's about to come and you sort of anticipate, it's a case of grabbing what body and what lens and knowing, right, this is the shot. It could happen. It might not happen. But if it does, I need to get it. you ready. Yeah, exactly. It's about, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the flow state. That's what
1: I kind of describe it as. Once you're... I've done this so many times. It's just routine now. Like it's getting early, getting down there early, capturing the capturing the scenery beforehand, the general views. You're capturing training. It. It's routine. When a certain player gets a certain distance away from the try line, you're already on the second body. You're already on your 70 to 200. Or if they're right in the corner, you've already got the wide angle in your hands ready to go because it's just second nature to me now. I don't think I really kind of.
0: I think I emphasised just how much of a, a, a big deal this game was. Uh, Ireland had previously beaten New Zealand before, and it was a test match in Chicago, an exhibition game. And I remember when that game was over and New Zealand was roundly beaten. There was no argument. It wasn't even close. But all I could think of was that such a damn shame, this game hasn't happened in Dublin. <laughs> because it's. we fast forward a couple of years to 2018 and, scores at the time I think it was it was nine all uh, no tries in the game Ireland win a lineout correct you are positioned in the this mesh mesh area near the scoreboard tell me what happens
1: so initially I kind of spent a lot of the time directly above the scoreboard which is just underneath the posts or like centered with the posts but you're dead right it, um there was a line out so I veered off right um for, to capture that laydown uh sorry the line out from a side on angle so when that happened, uh, I can't remember who collected it. I, I want to say Peter Mahoney, but then the ball dropped and then they, they shifted they shifted across it, uh, the other side of the pitch. And I was like, oh no, I'm not in the best position here to get a good to get a good try picture. But then again, it must have been like a training, training ground drill where they just changed the way they were going straight back to where the line-out was. And then Jacob Stockdale done what he'd done. He chipped the ball over the defence and ran in and scored. And thankfully he was literally right underneath... Like, I was directly above them. I couldn't have been, if I was a centimetre more to the left or a centimetre more to the right, I wouldn't have been. It was just a perfect location. I couldn't I couldn't be more above them. Because it looks like a drone shot. Yeah, it looks like yeah, you were yeah. directly hanging over them. No, 100%. That Someone actually, I've been contacted a few times, asking, was that a drone shot? Was it a remote? And I was like, no, it was just me being very fortunate
0: and being at the right spot. So I can just imagine you seeing... You know Jacob Stockdale heading towards the try line, and you've got the camera poised, and you literally just have your finger on the shutter, just being like, "I need whatever whatever moment it is that he dots down has to be there."
1: Yeah, no, um, I kind of knew straight away because he loves kicking the ball over the defence and running on, running on, and catching it. That's one of his signature moves. And once he'd done that, there, I just knew to let rip on the on the shutter. I'm not sure if you've done much sports photography yourself, Mike, but you kind of know when you've got something good, and you mm. know, like. Well, first of all, the game is a mass. it's a massive game. So if there's a try, it's going to be amazing either way. If it's a New Zealand try or if it's an Ireland try, you're kind of happy to be photographing history as it's happening right in front of you. But since it was Ireland, since it was Jacob Stockdale and Ulsterman like myself, I was just so excited to see the pictures, but I was also kind of scared to see, oh, I hope these are in photo, I, was- I hope they're in focus and I hope. I hope they're the right exposure. There, Then we small thoughts creep into your head as well. But then when you look at the back of the camera and you see that everything's fine, there's
0: a, a sense of relief. So the photo itself, just to sort of paint the picture and we will have a version of it up on our, uh, on our Instagram. The way I almost thought of it, it was like, it's like those accidental Renaissance pictures where it just looks like you've got Stockdale diving in for the try, and you've got Damian McKenzie, the all-black fullback, and Aaron Smith, the halfback, just sort of splayed across him in this futile and desperate attempt to stop him. And it just that just encapsulated the moment perfectly, this moment of triumph for Ireland and this you know, desperate pleading kind of too little, too late from New Zealand. That just summed up the whole game and what that moment meant for Irish rugby. However many shots either side of that particular one, but it was that one shot out of Thousands you had taken that day, yeah. that just nailed it. Yeah, no, the way you can't, you can't, that's luck as well as I was saying.
1: The way they just, the, the body shape was. The, and a, another funny thing that they're all wearing the same boots. I know it's com- completely irrelevant, but it's kind of funny that they're all wearing the same boots. It was a great advertisement for Adidas that they never picked up on. for them and no, 100%. It was like a Renaissance painting, as you said. It, it wasn't the perfect angle for the celebration because it was just a swarm of people. It's just funny how like certain angles work for certain pictures. Like Gary Carr mm. underneath me in the corner that actually photographed the celebration, and the celebration from his angle was ten times nicer than the um the try. So the try was nice from my angle, and then the celebration was nicer from his angle. It's just funny the way that certain angles work for certain pictures and
0: certain frames. So after you've taken the photo, you've you've looked at it to make sure everything is it's all in frame. Yeah obviously you have the capacity to be able to send that photo back to back to HQ without too much uh too much of delay yeah is did that just that sense kick in straight away like this is the photo that's going to be on the back of the papers we need to get this need to get this one out asap
1: yeah they, if it's a football game or if it's a rugby match if there's a goal or a try your objective is to get that picture out as fast as possible but um the thing was i didn't have uh i didn't have much signal up in the stands because I was in with the crowd and I wasn't down on the pitch with LAN cable connection. So when you're on the pitch, you've got a a cable directly into your laptop, which will speed up the process. But I was on, Mm -hmm. I was up there by myself. So I had no LAN connection up there. So I had to use hotspot or my, my Vodafone dongle. And so I edited the picture myself on the laptop and sent
0: it back to the desk. And it didn't, it went out slower than I wanted it to go out but it got out there eventually you say it went out slower than you wanted it to but once that shot got into the hands of the Irish rugby press you certainly knew about it huh yeah uh, I think you're
1: talking about Murray Kinsler he um yes he works for the 42 and he's a, he's a rugby journalist a great rugby journalist hmm. and he's got a great uh, he's got a great audience on his Twitter account and um, when he tw- he tweeted out the picture and he tagged me and I didn't really see it until like an hour after the game. But then my phone wouldn't stop vibrating. Like every five seconds, there was just another notification, another notification. I'm used to photographing tries and goals, and I don't really. It's hard to tell the difference. It just takes one person to tweet a picture, and then the whole perception of the picture changes. Or so to me, that was just another shot of a try. It was at an alt- it, it was at a different angle, which not many people have seen before. So my, maybe that's why I got so much attention. But yeah. Murray tweeted it and then it just blew up and just started everyone started retweeting it it was it's it's weird once the press gets a hold of it and puts it out there it can blow
0: up for you it really can Is that kind of notoriety something as a photographer you're even interested in?
1: Yeah that's always the goal as well and it's no matter what game you're at you're always trying to come out of there with the best picture and it's just so much better as well once you're photographing them high magnitude games it doesn't matter if it's rugby or if it's football you just or the the GAA, or the Hurling or the Gaelic, you just want to be part of them big games and then you want to be the one to walk away from them games with the most memorable photograph or to, to be in the right place at the right time it just makes it makes it all worthwhile
0: What did Jacob Stockdale think of it?
1: I, I got two prints uh, printed out and I, I can't remember who I gave it into for the, in the IRFU but he got them two signed for me, I got one signed for my uncle and I got one signed from my mother and uh, they're proudly hanging up in the house. So how did you feel about the reaction to the photo? I think every photographer kind of has one picture or one moment where they just blow up or one of their pictures blows up. I think that, that's that's what we're all chasing. We want more than one picture. Like, I won't be happy now if I hang up the cameras and I don't have another moment like that. I, like, I want to be, I want to put myself in them situations where I can replicate that again. So putting myself in international games or World Cup matches or, Olympic games that's that's where I want to be so I create them moments again like it, that you need to be at the right games for them things to happen like I want to say that it could happen at a smaller game but realistically if people aren't watching the game you're not going to get that moment of success or because no one's really watching it, it would take a fantastic image and it has been done before like my housemate Oshin Canary he took a very a very good photograph of a cup breaking at a school rugby game a women's girls' rugby game and it blew up for him. But um, it is uh, it is a lot easier and it is a lot more memorable when it is at a high magnitude game.
0: I guess those smaller games allow you as a f- sports photographer to experiment a little bit more, don't they?
1: You're dead right. It gives you, there's, there's less pressure and less stress on getting pictures out quickly. And then that gives you more time to actually work on your eye. Like the cameras are so good no- nowadays that a lot of people can take sports photographs, but it takes a certain individual's eye to pick out the best frame and pick out the best shape of the picture. And yeah, you're hundred percent right. The more, the less stress you have in a match, the more chance you have to experiment with different angles and play with light a bit more, maybe climb up the stands and get down low line or belly, just trying to figure out something different that hasn't been done before because there's so many photographers at games these days. A lot of the pictures look the same. So you try, hmm. try your, try your best to stand out and try and do something
0: different. COVID-19 has had a massive impact on the world of sport and certainly you've described a little bit about how different your job is now but what is it like to be at a massive sporting event in a largely empty stadium?
1: Things are a lot different. Um, Just recently I was over in England photographing Dundalk versus Arsenal in the Europa League and then shortly after that it was England versus Ireland in a friendly and there was no fans in the stadium, but the, that is my, like that's a perfect game for me to be photographing because like, I, I love football. I'm the head of football and in full photography and that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be photographing in them massive stadiums like the Emirates and Wembley, the crowds in that place would have made all the difference, but at the minute it just almost feels like a training in a match. It just, you can hear the players, what they're saying and you can hear their tone and that sort of stuff. It is cool. It is different. But there's nothing like somebody scoring a goal and then hearing the crowd. Like there's like the hairs will stand on the back of your neck. There's no doubt about it. And like that feeling, I'd say it's even the same for the players as well. Like I even noticed it watching the TV in the Premier League. They don't really celebrate as much as they used to. And mm. if there's fans in the in the crowd, just automatically that's going to give a, a lift to the player when he scored a goal, and you're going to see the emotion on his face change. And then if that happens, you're going to get a better picture and they're going to do something for the cameras. So it actually is all tied together and I really do miss fans. Everybody misses fans. Fans miss being in the stadiums as well. Even fan shots, taking photographs of fans is another thing itself. You can
0: get some unbelievable fan shots and you miss that at games as well. The training match comparison is bang on as far as I'm concerned and there is just something missing, isn't there? There is just that... Your sense of euphoria and enjoyment that can only come from listening to a crowd erupt in, in excitement, and that just isn't there. And this just feels like a pale imitation of sport. It's so sad, isn't it? Just watching these massively empty stadiums and just a whole bunch of players more or less going through the motions.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. There really is like I can't. You said it, you, you said it perfectly. There, there is something missing at the very end of a celebration it really does correlate in the better pictures when there is fans, 100%. Like they bring an energy to the stadium. Like I am, I'm a big believer in vibrations and energies and e- even see at the minute in the Premier League the team's not performing the way they used to because their fans aren't there because they feed off the energy of the fans and even in boxing as well um, some fighters are used to performing under the lights and some fu- and some fighters aren't. They'd be a bit better in the training room uh, and with no fans means less pressure and then some boxers play better and some football teams play better as well it's just the whole the Premier League at the minute is so up in the air and the whole every, every sport is up in the air like everything's so different it really is
0: my my first sport has always been rugby and I've I feel like football is a like a second language I've had to learn since moving over here so I I have no personal allegiance to one team or the other because I haven't haven't grown up with it but I I do find it interesting how Liverpool are definitely you know the. One of the more polarizing teams. Like there are you know, obviously people in the north of England or in the Liverpool area who just adore them to pieces. And then literally everyone else is like, I'm so glad those guys lose. <laughs> yeah, at the minute it's it's kind of tough to watch them be playing so well. They have a
1: fantastic team at the minute. And as a United fan who's used to seeing success, it's terrible watching them play so well, winning the Champions Leagues while we're just actually we're, we're we're at the top now, so we can't complain. So fingers crossed we can progress and win the league. I don't think we get it done this year, but maybe next year.
0: When you're not photographing sport, what kind of things are you looking to capture? Well, at the minute in lockdown,
1: I've just been going out on walks at the minute and just returning back to basics and like photographing sunrises and sunsets is all I can really do at the minute. It's, it's what all I'm allowed to do until I have scheduled jobs. The simple things in life, like I ran around. There's a mountain in the um, Glen Delock. I ran around there not too long ago, and uh, I, I regretted not bringing the camera because documenting that would have been something special as well. Like, we live in such a beautiful country in Ireland. It would be very good to travel around the Wild Atlantic Way and maybe photograph individual places there. And make a project out of that. That's something I've been thinking about over lockdown, when sport isn't happening. What else? Even even portraiture photography. I love working with people. I love communicating with people, hearing people's stories, and um, portraiture photography helps that, with that. I love all types of photography. Like everybody's eyes different. Well, I live with two photographers at the minute. One is a golf photographer, Ocean Canary, and one is a he's he's also a sports photographer, but he he takes very good landscapes photographs. His is Brian Riley Troy. I look at his work and I take inspiration off his work, like uh, his eye for landscapes and photographing like the stars, astrophotography. He just sees things that not many other people see. And then when it comes to ushing, he just sees frames in golf, which I can't see myself personally. So taking inspiration off them guys puts me in a better position to take better photographs at a football game or just better photographs in general.
0: Do you feel your experience as a sports photographer has helped in other areas of photography too.
1: Yeah, I think that just because of the speed that I have to work at or the speed I put myself under, I put myself under a lot of pressure just to get the pictures out there quickly. So when I do have the chance to slow down and there's no pressure on the pictures, I can really express myself and take my time and plan photographs a lot more because it's so hectic at a game. You don't really get the chance to get what you want. Or if you see a picture, it's it's very hard to manifest that into reality. But then when you've got no stress, it's a lot easier just to take your time, take out the tripod and just make sure everything's perfect.
0: Do you see yourself sticking with sports photography?
1: Yeah. Like I love sports so much. Like I can't, I, I was such a big footballer or I love playing. Sorry, not a big footballer. I didn't make it in the football world, but I love football so much. Um, I just had to do something that would still keep me in the circle of football and surrounded by the people that play football. Just being around them people all the time is are the people I want to surround myself with. I don't really see myself branching away from sport because it's it's my favourite thing to do. It's my favourite thing to watch. And just being in the inner circle, it's it's not a place many people are. And I certainly don't want to get rid of that anytime soon. What kind of advice would you
0: give someone who is just starting out as a sports photographer?
1: Great advice that I was given when I was growing up uh, was from Andrew Payton. He kind of got me into sports photography. It's very basic information, but to a lot of people, it might seem second nature. But photographing people's faces as they're running towards you is what you're looking for. You want to be photographing nice, clean backgrounds. You want to be kind of getting low to the ground, making sure the horizons around the ankles. You don't want the horizons up around the neck. You want to be filling the frames. There's no point taking pictures at the other side of the pitch where there just be specs on the back of your camera. You want to fill the frame as much as possible. You want to capture emotion. But with all that being said, you don't want to lose your certain touch that you bring to your photographs. You want to keep your, like everybody's eye is completely different. And if you think something's a good photograph, it might not be a good photograph to somebody else or if you're asking opinions of other photographers that you respect and look up to, you want to make sure that they also respect your eye. and You don't want to lose that certain touch that you have because we all edit photographs differently and we all see them in different lights. So don't lose your touch. It would be my main tip.
0: My thanks to Tommy Dixon, and you can follow Tommy's awesome sports shots on his Instagram at tommy.d.d. And you can check out other episodes of The Shot on our website, www.shotpodcast.com and on our Instagram at the.shot.podcast.